Hey, I'm Steph. I'm a motivator, creator, small business owner, and educator. I'm a lover of all things health, spirituality, inspiration, and business. These are just a few words to describe me, along with passion, grit, and resiliency. Regardless of what I'm up to, I am soul-driven to create a purpose-filled life and find the advantages in adversity, all while keeping a smile on my face. Soul Driven with Steph is a podcast that will fill up your cup and leave you feeling empowered, inspired, and on fire as you listen to interviews and stories of other soul-driven and strong women that have overcome against all odds. This podcast was a calling on Steph's soul to serve, connect, and share stories of struggles and successes, all to create a community so that you know you're never alone. Grab a cup of coffee, get ready to learn laugh and leave with wisdom and strategies to connect to your soul and get back in the driver's seat of your life today. Here's Steph. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Driven with Steph. I'm excited to have my sister Catherine Howland joining us today for our annual market update. Yeah. So we did this at the beginning of 2023, and we're bringing it to you again Mm -hmm. and hoping to do this more often and frequently throughout 2024 because I do think it's going to be different. It's going to be shifting throughout the year. And we have like more changes. Yeah, more changes. Quicker. Yeah, for sure. I feel like we're going to have to do a few more, some updates, you know, more like on a quarterly basis because I think things are Yeah, things are going to change. Exactly. For the better. It's very exciting. So just to give you a little insight of where we're pulling the information from today that we're going to share with you, um, we are part of a coaching company. It's the largest coaching company Mm -hmm. in the Northwest, I believe. In North America. North America, Mm -hmm. um, called the Brian Buffini Company. And uh, we both work with coaches in the company. Plus, Mm -hmm. we've just enjoyed the content that Brian Buffini puts out into the world for anyone to consume. He has a great podcast as well. And he does a um, bold predictions. Yep. And yes. And he's done it for, I think well over a decade now, but they actually spend more money in on research for this bold predictions uh, than like national association of realtors does. So um, it's like insane. The amount of money that they spend on getting so many data points. Yeah. Um, it's just coming from so many different um, angles, sources, and perspectives mm-hmm. of the market to give you this really well-rounded prediction. Yeah. And so. it's high-level economists that are mm-hmm. giving this insight. And that's what I really love about real estate. Even before I was in the in the market myself as a realtor, I would listen to the bold predictions every year because so much of the general economy in the US is, you know, driven by the housing industry. Yes. So whether you are like mm, not in, you know, not interested in learning about just the housing industry, this is really going to play into all areas of your life in the coming year and allow you to set some goals mm-hmm. um, based around what you want to do, whether that's to buy or sell or not. Um, maybe, you know, this information is just sparking some ideas in, in your head. So something that Brian said that I love, um, is it's not hard to predict the future when you study the past. 
And so as someone who like my background is in history, I've realized that that's something I really enjoy is to look at trends over time Mm -hmm. to make predictions. And that's what we encourage even just our small business owners to do when you're setting goals is Mm -hmm. to look at the past and what you've done or maybe where you've missed the mark and how you can realign for the future. So to kind of recap 2023, we're going to start there. We're going to talk about what this past year was like in the real estate industry. And then we'll give you um, some predictions based on data and also based Mm -hmm. on what we're seeing as agents um, coming in the new year and how we can best prepare for whatever your real estate goals are. Yeah. So um, 2023 was was a very interesting year. (laughs) Um, the market in general was down 20 to 25%, just like across the board nationwide. Mm -hmm. And, you know, buyers and sellers drive each other. So when there's not as many, um, buyers per se, then there's not as many sellers and then there's not as much inventory and it just Mm kind of all works together. Um, so that there were just fewer transactions, um, Mm -hmm. in general, uh, people, I could tell they genuinely wanted to make moves, but some of them just didn't make sense. So they were, so they're waiting, Yeah, you know, which I can understand. Yeah. There was, um, a lot of kind of holding out to see when the rates would drop, um, if they were going to, Mm -hmm. um, so what's, we have this bent up or pent up buyer demand, right. And, um, really desired to maybe move, but people were holding tight quite a bit throughout the year. The thing that I thought was really interesting too, is you said, you know, 20% down 20 to 25% decrease in overall activity. So it was really a bear market, which fundamentally is a decline of 20% or more, but yet not in prices. There were record home, record high home prices in the past year, which a lot of it was somewhat driven by that demand and driven by a low amount of of inventory still. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. um, Yeah, prices just um, have held very strong and they've continued to increase year over year. So um, waiting is not always like the best option because prices have continued to increase. Yeah, but it's just this, you know, it's like we said, like this, this year was very interesting because you've got this high rate, but yet um, prices do keep increasing year over year and pricing is, you know, holding like pretty strong and steady, right? Um, which the low inventory definitely played into that for sure. Well, let's talk about the rates Mm -hmm. a little bit because what we see as high as millennials, right? Yeah is not as high as it's been. So interest rates have fluctuated over the past three decades, but they've hovered in that kind of five to 10 range. But the highest, I found this fascinating, in 1981 was Mm -hmm. the highest in the past 30 years at 18.6%. Yep. And people were still buying and selling houses at 18.6%. Yep. So what we think is high is only right. because we've seen twos and threes right. since COVID, which is also very, was a very abnormal year. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. And like an, if you take a 30 year span, your average rate kind of falls in like seven ish. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, in that general number. Um, so it's pretty average if you take 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. But if you take the last, you know, five-ish years, then it was a little like, it's like stick yeah. shock. Gut, yeah, gut-wrenching, really. Yeah, of like seeing the the number and the payment. And 
one of the things that we really had to do this year is kind of get creative <clears throat> of like, if somebody really, you know, wanted to make this happen, but we needed the numbers to line up. We kind of had to look at not only the, um, the mortgage payment, but like they're all around monthly budget. Yeah. Like how much do they have coming in and what do they have going out? And mm -hmm. could we pay off some other debts with the equity that they yeah. gained and what they currently own so that, um, their monthly budget still aligned when they got into their new home. Right. So exactly. kind of had to get a little more creative of like looking at angles and, you know, having those conversations with clients, having them have conversations with the lender, mm -hmm. with their financial planner, um, you know, anybody that's in their sphere and, um, you know, that they look to for this advice to mm -hmm. figure out what's best for them and their family and their situation. Yeah. And really when writing those offers, understanding like what is the payment now, because the rates, you know, were maybe a little bit higher to the point where just a little bit, you know, increase in rate could have thrown them out of <sighs> yes. the loop or the ability to write. So having that really yes. good relationship with the lender to say, hey, we're going to write on this yeah. house. What's the rate right now <laughs> so I, yeah. that we can make yeah. sure they're okay with the payment? Um, I had a situation where they were going to utilize the Wisconsin uh, weed alone and um, the rate was going to go up that Monday and we wrote the offer Sunday and we said we had to have an answer by 3 p.m. on Monday because the rate was going to go and mm -hmm. change like a whole percent by yeah. 3 p.m. Um, so <laughs> it was like... <laughs> And you know what? They got their offer accepted. Yeah. There was still two offers and uh, theirs got accepted. So, right. Well, it happened. So the highest we saw this past year was eight and a half percent and the lowest was 6.1 with the average of 7%. Like you were saying, when you mm -hmm. average that over even 30, 40 years of what we've seen, the average is around seven. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, I would say a later spring market. Things really heated up later spring, summer into early fall, mm -hmm. um, things were still going, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30, 40, sometimes 50,000 mm -hmm. over asking, um, things were flying pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, multiple offers yeah, <laughs> on everything. Continuing to happen. I feel yeah. like you, you definitely still had to, like you, you had to have a good strategy behind, um, you know, your listing and your marketing plan mm -hmm. and the market would speak quickly if it was too high. Yeah. Like totally. very quickly. And if it was right on the, you know, right on the money for yep. pricing and how it showed, then they got the multiple offers. Yeah. But it was kind of like this, either like one extreme or the next, like yeah. either it was high and the market was like new, we're not supporting that price mm -hmm. or, you know, or how the property showed. And then otherwise it was, there was multiple offers. Mm -hmm. So it was just, I had, um, some listings in the same time frame. One got 10 offers and the other got one. Yeah. Yeah. So it very so unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And um, it really spoke volumes. I feel like right now, something that's really important to the buyer is they want moving ready. Yeah. It's totally. um, to redo things and fix things. It costs um, money. It costs time. Maybe they don't have the the skills or, or the know-how mm -hmm. to, to do it themselves. Um, but maybe they can't afford the labor because the pricing and yep. the payments. Yeah. So it just goes a really long way of like how move and ready things are. Yep. And everyone's using every usable square inch yeah. of the property like adds up. If there's a porch, great. If there's a bonus room, mm -hmm. awesome. If there's a non-conforming room that could be turned into an office for a work from home, big deal. 
So I feel like a lot of that, I don't know, everybody's really just stretching things to look at the big picture. And like having it, you know, staged a certain way to give that visual um, appeal when the buyer walks through, can they visualize themselves living there? And I feel like the houses that were really cute and almost like HGTV show staged, ready. show ready, it, whether the people were living there or not, they had them looking that way. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the ones that really went over asking. Correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because of how the visualize themselves. Yeah. Like. How it's shown and it being neat and tidy and clean and, and showed spaciously. Um, I know we kind of use the word like, how did it show? And that's kind of a uh, language for, is it moving ready? Yeah. You know, right. to um, a customer in the market. Well, and it didn't necessarily matter, like if it was a small house or a big house, you know, the, the tiny homes, the minimalist is mm-hmm. very in, you know, people aren't necessarily looking for some massive home as like a indicator of wealth anymore. I think it really is like, you know, how you have it set up and, you know, there's a lot of desire for that, that functionality, like you were saying. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that. So a little, that's our kind of recap on 2023. Moving into 2024, we have the housing demand fueled by the largest generation of potential home buyers ever, which <laughs> is our generation, yeah. the millennials. 72 <laughs> million millennials in the U.S. Um, another like kind of fun fact that I found interesting is the move out rate, uh, the move out age of most, uh, people right now is 26. Yeah. So a little bit later in life, you know, maybe after college, after they've saved some money for that down payment and the average first time home buyer actually shifted from the age of 32 in this past year to the age of 35. Yeah. Which is kind of wild, but I feel like I agree with that. And like, I've seen understand and it's, and it's like, um, it's crazy how quickly that's changed because it's only been in like a couple years time span, Mm -hmm. you know, and being in that gap myself, I'm like, whoa, well, (laughs) to see this shift. mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And looking at the clients that I've served and the current clients, I'm like, that's pretty realistic. And it's also understandable too. Mm-hmm. Just the cost of living. Mm-hmm. Um, and the when cost people of, decide to have families, yeah, you know, has, has shifted, shifted into that category a little bit more. And that kind of makes sense too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And um, we've only seen rent, you know, increase exponentially because like rent increases with mm-hmm. inflation. So mm-hmm. within the past year, we've seen that go up a lot, which is going to push a lot of those millennials to want to buy. Um, and yeah. that's and why I think, I think it's a great time to mm-hmm. start to put together that plan. Yeah. And it also supports why kind of those, um, the mark or the, um, the brackets for more of the first time home buyers, like generally speaking, have really continued to move quickly, mm-hmm. you know, despite the rates oh, gosh, and everything, yeah. because, um, first time home buyers have a goal to still purchase. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, rent has only went up and it's going to continue to go mm-hmm. up. So that first time home buyer, like American dream of owning the home is still very strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that's why some of the people that were in their homes already have just held tight because they can. They can just hang tight unless maybe yeah. they totally ran out of room or, you know, something larger has changed. A lot of them have hung tight, but the first time buyer 
has really like stayed very strong. Yeah, for sure. And the reason being for those um, baby boomers, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. that age 65 and up to be able to hang tight as they probably have their home paid off or they have at mm-hmm. least 50% equity. So all year, a lot of people were saying, oh, I'm waiting for maybe the market will crash. And we're like, it's not going to because people have way too much equity in their home, which is a good thing, right? Like right. we, we don't want the market to crash. Um, we want to have, um, you know, people, people staying in their homes, staying in their homes. Yeah. And so the interesting kind of um, dynamic is we have the millennials looking for the first time home and then the baby boomers um, looking to maybe downsize and sell the house that is maybe too big for them now. Right. Um, but now, is this coming year might be the year to do that because the rates are going to go down. So they've yeah. maybe been sitting on a two or 3% interest rate mm-hmm. from 2020 when they refinanced and they just haven't had, um, you know, that push really to have to move quite yet. Right. Um, but or, I think this, or they, the, yeah, they own their house free and clear. Yeah. Right. And, and they just haven't found where they're going or made the decision. Um, another interesting thing I've seen is like a lot of baby boomers, um, maybe selling that larger property or second home or vacation home or family farm or family land or whatever it is and using some of that cash equity Mm -hmm. to give to their child or grandchild for their down payment Mm -hmm. or their cash um, to like get the offer accepted and and get the home. Um, I've seen that a lot. And it's just like leveraging. Yeah. I think we'll continue to see more of that kind of Mm -hmm. legacy real estate more as well you oh, know yeah. maybe instead of paying for their college you give them a down payment <laughs> that would be a great right. use of the money in my personal opinion um probably maybe a better use of the money just to own something yeah and have that asset um at you know the age that they want to own something yeah so there's that baby boomers um looking to sell the millennials looking to buy so we're going to see a lot of movement um, in the market moving into 2024, I know just then conversations we have, people are already feeling like, okay, want to <laughs> do something. Year. Yeah. yeah, new year, new home, mm-hmm. buys, buying or selling mm-hmm. goals. Um, yeah, but, I feel like we, it's, yeah, we can like feel that pent up demand yeah. is, is truly real. Like, I, I don't know, like I can just feel that in mm-hmm. all the um, conversations that yeah. I've been having with people. So, I mean, it is exciting. Yeah, very exciting time. Yeah. And I think people would also like to see, okay, if I'm going to, if the rate's going to go down enough and I'm going to make that move, like, let's see more inventory, Mm -hmm. you know, so some, some choices and, you know, different things versus, well, here's one. (laughs) What do you think? Right. Versus like, here's a handful, you know, or there's new inventory popping up continuously to feel like, um, we can truly find the best fit for us because there's choices. Right. Yeah. And that's, um. That's a good thing. Exactly. So. Yeah. And what I thought was super interesting is like 80 to 90% of people right now have interest rates below six. Yeah. So as soon as we start to see the rates get to that 6%, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's when things are really going to start opening up more inventory, like you said, more, but also more buyers coming out. Um, sure. So that's another reason last year. Yeah, <laughs> to be prepared um, and to have a plan. So it's kind of predicted that rates will go to 6% by like midsummer. Um, you know, yeah, and it, it's kind of questionable. Like, will it happen quickly? It could be sooner, summer, could be later. Spring or summer, fall. 
um, it'll, it'll be really interesting to see kind of, you know, how it does play out. Yeah. Um, so the top 10 reasons why people are going to move in 2024. So, um, Catherine and I send out this monthly newsletter. So if you're listening to this, it's basically a really awesome piece of value that we send out in the mail, which most people don't get anymore, um, to our list of, of people in our database every month. And what we're really excited about is this year, they're focusing primarily on those reasons to move and how to best prepare yourself. So we're going to give you the top 10 reasons. And this is, again, not just us pulling it out of thin air. This is data (laughs) and research um, that goes into um, finding this information. And um, if you want to be on our list of receiving this every month. And I also like to include um, like some extra goodies. I send out some discount coupons, maybe some fun um, local places in the community, then let us know because we'd be happy to add you to our list. But the number one and the biggest reason why people are going to move in 2024 is to be closer to family and friends, Mm -hmm. which we've already started to see, especially as the millennial generation has kids and And families. um, COVID kind of really put that in perspective to like reprioritize Mm -hmm. where you're going to be, you know, do I really want to be across the country from my family? It just, you know, made everybody like stop for a second and really Mm -hmm. think like, where am I at? What am I doing? What's important to me? Right. Right. To, um, you know, live out things and fulfill things like what's the most important. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, parents have been moving closer to kids. Kids have been moving closer to parents. Like, just lots of dynamics. Yeah. And really like putting into perspective, like you said, what is important, you know, life is so short. I think that we kind of all got this massive wake up call, um, Mm -hmm. in that year of 2020 that just, um, really reorganized priorities in people's lives and for the better, I think to realize that, you know, it's important to be in community with people. No one wants to be isolated, um, from family and friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like the last year or two, I've definitely, that reason, I've worked with way more clients for that reason than like the previous five. Yeah, years. exactly. And it was like, we're moving here for a two-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we can actually be a part of our life and not just, you know, be four, three, four, five hours away or across the yeah. country. And, and, you know, for a, a visit here and there, like, no, we want to be part of it. Yes. So. Yeah. So I love that reason. Number two is to have more space. Yeah. Um, People are running out of room because maybe they've had one kid or multiple Mm -hmm. kids in the last three years and their first home is no longer sufficient to the size of their family. Yeah. And I think too, like along with people expanding their family or starting a family, if now all of a sudden they've shifted in the last couple of years and one of them is working from home yeah, or took a new job that's now working from home or even works from home, you know, here and there, not even consistently, mm-hmm. but have the option. Now they're like, we need some sort of space for that or yeah. office or something. Even a home gym. <laughs> like, yes. So many people have just made a routine to work out at home. It's yeah. more convenient. They get it done. Yeah. And so home they're office, like, home I need gym, space for kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so many reasons. Or maybe um, also, too, like families are getting together a little yeah. bit more. And, and they want the space 
for people to be able to stay with them. Yep. I was so, thinking that too. Yeah. If you are, reasons. you know, bringing people together, yeah. whether it's family or friends, like just having more space for hosting. I've heard that a lot from, from mm-hmm. people and what they're looking for in their home as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. Number three is they love their rate, but not their house. So they've been willing to stick it out for the past couple of years with that two or 3% interest rate, but they're not maybe no longer in love with their house. It's not working for them. It's not what they want right now. Yeah. And I think part of that was, um, 2020, uh, you know, right at like a month or two after March, 2020 by May, June, the market just, right? Because the rate went down, everything just went crazy. So if you bought in 2020 or 2021, or even the beginning of 2022, you had to make your decision so quickly. Yeah. So fast. I mean, there was no time. You would view the property (laughs) and you had to decide what your offer was like immediately. I mean, even the house that, my house that we're in right now, that was the case. It was like, it was like this. Within two days. Yeah. So... I think um, there's some people that are like, you know, this was a good decision at that moment in time, but now we're kind of ready for something else or we're ready to move on. Or maybe now we really know what area we'd like to be in instead to kind of make that next step. Um, And then if they've realized that in the end of 2022 or 2023, maybe um, they didn't act upon it because of the interest rates. Mm -hmm. So again, back to that kind of like pent up demand. so yeah, they're just kind of hanging tight. They got this amazing rate and they got the off- offer accepted in that, you know, two, two and a half year time span. And now they're like, you know, maybe it doesn't fit us as well as we thought. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe it's time to move on to the next step. Yeah. So, and that kind of leads into the next one. Number five is to want to, they want a better neighborhood. They want to be somewhere else. You know, sometimes you realize like, well, I like this house, but maybe it's not the neighborhood that I want to live in. Yeah. Um, or if they're having raising kids, school they want to be in a school district that is, you know, to their standards or liking. Or has busing or yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Maybe they want more like outdoor areas, more parks, you know, less um, kind of city feel with their family, whatever it is, um, wanting a better neighborhood. Yeah. And I think tying into the neighborhood with location is also just like a commute too. Mm -hmm. you know, if they're not working from home at all and they obviously drive somewhere to go to work, um, like the location is important, Mm -hmm. you know, and kind of ties into like how their family life functions of getting kids here and getting to work. And, you know, all of that really like goes into this overall picture of what, area do we, you know, really see ourselves and to um, have our family function. Right. Yeah. Number five is to want a vacation. They want a vacation home or second home or second home. So maybe, you know, the grandparents move back to live closer to the grandkids, but they still want to, you know, have that nice warm place in Arizona or Florida or whatever it might be (laughs) on the water or have a cabin um, up north, or maybe not that, maybe it's a cabin that's not that far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I also think tying into people wanting a vacation home is like the fact of um, if they have money that they want to invest, mm-hmm. you know, real estate is always a great option, Yeah, you know, um, and um, it's a good place to put your money and then you can also enjoy it and it creates value for people. Yep. 
So the value is going there, spending the time, hosting yeah. the family, hosting the friends. Exactly. All while it's a financially good decision and a great place to put money. Yeah. Now there's other options too, but real estate is obviously one of them. So yeah. I think that really goes hand in hand. Right. Um, and I think too with vacation home, um, some people, especially like in the Midwest or Wisconsin where we are, people also look at investing in land. Mm-hmm. or a cabin or with hunting too. Yep. And that's their second home. <laughs> that's yeah. Like hunting exactly. land or the cabin or a place to stay for the weekend or could do, you know, either or um, where you could do outdoor activities at mm-hmm. this cabin type second home. Yep. Again, exactly. spending time there. Yeah. And it's a great investment for sure. <clears throat> Number six is they have lots of equity they will have lots of equity um, and lots of choices. So with equity comes more options and choices to be able to find the home that you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that um, is like your best opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a wonderful opportunity um, to just kind of sit down and like, what what do we want to do? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's our choices? I know that there's a lot of people that, you know, really are like, well, we're thinking about this state and, you know, this town and this state, or we're thinking about this town and this state, mm-hmm. um, which is not like yeah. never a bad thing to have right. choices and have options because you do have so much equity mm-hmm. and you've gained, you know, um, or like a family, somebody who bought the, you know, bought the property um, 20, 30 years ago. You right. know, and now they're just oh now they're God, just sitting they on that to sell. <laughs> yes, they have this um, great amount that they're going to get in mm-hmm. return, and they're like, "What should we do? Where should we go? What's yeah. important?" So, yeah, it's always a good thing. That's very exciting. <laughs> um, the next one, number seven, is legacy real estate. So we kind of touched on this, um, but it's you know maybe grandparents being able to take some of that equity and whatever they own and give that first uh, down payment to a grandchild or maybe it is to their kids just to help them yeah. get that mm-hmm. leg up um, as a first time buyer to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, like make that great offer because it is harder. It's more challenging as a first time yeah. home buyer. If you don't have, you know, that large down payment yeah. or you can't come in as cash, which I mean, most can't. Um, so yeah, yeah you're seeing a lot more people being able to like have those means to do that, um, mm-hmm. with the way that, you know, the market has gone. And I mean, that's, that's really exciting too, for your family to be able to do something like that. Absolutely. Um, number eight, which we've talked about is just, it's time to downsize. Mm-hmm. You realize like you don't need as big of a house. Maybe you've just filled it with stuff. And it's time to downsize not only your physical space, but to, you know, clear out some things and um, just physically move into something that is more suited, better suited to the Mm -hmm. stage of life that you're in. Yeah. And um, again, like every area and every market is so different of like what the downsize options are. And um, it's a tough conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a tough decision for people to make. And sometimes there's younger generations of family members in, you know, trying to influence that decision. Sometimes there's not, and there maybe should have been, you know, um, it's really interesting conversation because there's condos, there's twin homes, there's smaller homes. 
Um, but every market and every little pocket is very differently mm-hmm. of like what the options are. Yep. And um, I think it's important to get that information to somebody who is looking to downsize of like, what are their options? Mm-hmm. What is the availability? Yep. Um, you know, and go explore some of those, like what's, what looks good to them? Or maybe mm-hmm. their friends have moved to a certain yep. neighborhood or location um, and they feel like, you know, that could be a possible option, but it's a hard, it's a hard conversation and a hard decision. And I feel for those people Mm -hmm. and I will be in that boat someday. We both will. We all will. Exactly. Um, So I feel for people and I think um, them just having the information at hand to make that decision is really important. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I've met so many people, especially at open houses in the past year that know or are feeling that that they're ready to downsize but they're just exploring their options seeing what's Mm -hmm. out there they could be years from downsizing but they're just starting to think about it right and it's a very emotional decision to make because a lot of these houses it may have been like their dream house that they built um, it could mm-hmm. been the house that they mm-hmm. raised all of their kids in. It probably is because people used to not, inch. you know, move every five years. They used to have that kind of like, okay, this is where we're, we're building yeah. our family and we're going to stay here for, you know, 15, 20, 30 years. So it is yeah. definitely a more um, like emotionally driven um, decision to move and takes a little bit more time. So mm-hmm. um, that'll be a big, big one that comes into play in the new year though. Mm-hmm. Um, number nine is an out of area relocation. And I've seen quite a bit of this as well. Um, people moving out of, you know, kind of our lacrosse area, as well as moving back. Maybe they realized mm-hmm. since COVID that um, they didn't like where they had moved to before. So, yeah, yeah I think it kind of goes the um, the relocation for jobs, I feel like kind of goes hand in hand with um, like people. um take different jobs and and make career changes a little bit more mm-hmm. in society right now than they did decades ago. Yep. You know, so decades ago, they maybe stayed at that position or, it, you know, at that company for mm-hmm. 20 years or 30 years or sometimes even longer. And then they stayed in that home longer. Mm-hmm. And right now, like people are, I don't know, there's options, right? Like they're moving sooner. Mm -hmm. They're taking different jobs or career change, or they're moving states away or hours away Mm -hmm. or across the country um, for a different position or promotion. Or they realize that their position is now totally remote. Mm -hmm. So great. I can work and do this job from anywhere. Where do I want to live? Yeah, yeah. Um, Versus being like, oh, I have to be in the office. So I have to live in a specific location. I'm finding more and more people are... 100% remote, which is giving them way more freedom to actually live where they want to and still continue to have the job and the work that they do. Yes. Yes. Which is really interesting. Like we've never seen this level of work from home or remote type of careers, really. Right. No. So also very new. Um, And then lastly is kind of hand in hand with all of these is just the change of work or life. You know, maybe it's someone retiring. Maybe it is a complete career shift um, that mm-hmm. requires them again to have that home office um, or they just, you just decide you have a change of heart and you want to, um, you know, make some sort of move with um, into a house or out of a house. Right. Yeah. A um, couple other things that didn't make the list, but people do have 
divorces. People also get married. Um, Unfortunately, people pass away. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, part of life. So there's so many factors that drive these, you know, drive decisions, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like we've seen a lot of estate sales in the last year or two um, of the family, you know, selling that home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and there's, you know, they're not, they're not looking to buy anything. It's just a sale. There's a, right. you know, a home to sell. So, yeah. um, yeah, very interesting. So how to take in all of these information, these in considerations, if anything kind of maybe sparked an idea in your head of like, yep, that's me. I'm in that camp. Or I know of someone who yeah. is, um, if you're looking to buy or sell or both in the new year, um, the best way to prepare yourself is to create a plan and create a blueprint mm-hmm. and work alongside an agent that is going to listen to your needs, personalize the process for you, and really just help you in the the steps from the very beginning of that thought, that idea, right. to carrying it out completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we want to help. So we are very excited to be hosting our very first um, Build Your Blueprint mm-hmm. Work, it's kind of a workshop slash informational event, mm-hmm. um, but it's totally free. It's downtown Lacrosse at the Four Sisters Wine Bar event space on Fourth uh, Street, and that will be Thursday, January eighteenth, from five thirty to seven p.m. Catherine and I will be sharing information, um, answering questions helping you just get the ball rolling on starting that plan. You know, what does that look like? Thought process. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. And what pieces do you need to get, you know, prepared on? Even if you're not ready to make the jump right now, it's always good to have a plan. Exactly. I know. I feel like if it's just, if it's even just a thought. Yeah. Then, you know, act on it and just kind of prepare yourself. And maybe you have the thought, you act on it, you get some information and you realize, hmm, no, I don't want to do that right now. Or that's not what I thought it was going to be. Well, now, you know, now you had the information mm-hmm. in front of you. I always say it's very difficult to make a decision, mm-hmm. especially with such a large decision. If you don't have the information in right. front of you, you just don't know. Once you have that information, you can collectively say, okay, mm-hmm. this does sound like a good idea. This is what I want. Now I can take the steps to move forward toward it. Um, because it, it you makes sense. Right. Um, yeah. So we're excited to just give information. And I think that we are both very big on building our businesses where we want people to feel comfortable mm-hmm. just having the conversation and that we are a resource yep. and that we can provide value um, and information to them so that they can make that decision for them and not just, oh, let's list your house. Like, oh, you know, like, yeah. let's, let's just... Get into a transaction. We can move quickly when we need to. I think there's no doubt about that. But we prefer to take a very strategic approach with our clients on both the buying and selling side. And we want you to feel, like Catherine said, comfortable and really just empowered to make those decisions because you have the information that, you know, either we've given or given you the resources to. Our big thing is really mm-hmm. education and empowerment. We want to be just that guide on the side, giving you wisdom and advice and, you know, connections and resources that you need. But ultimately, the decision is always up to you. Um, but we want to make you feel confident in the decisions right. that you're going to make um, moving into the year. So, yeah. And one of the things that I've seen throughout the years, 
It's the person who takes kind of, you know, more of the active approach, right, of planning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just, it's less stressful. Oh, gosh. And, and more fun. Yes. <laughs> and I um, have been, you know, in the transactions with clients so many times that they did not take that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do this. And we get it done, but I can just, I feel the stress on, like, Mm -hmm. I can, I can just feel it within them that it's more stressful because nothing was planned. And this is all just like Mm -hmm. so sporadic. Not that we can't do that. We totally can. But, um, I want, I don't want people to feel any more stress than they need to because these are already really big decisions. It's a big deal to pack up your entire home life, family, kids, pets, Mm -hmm. parents, like whatever the um, situation is it's a lot. And so if you can just take some of that stress out and make it a little bit more ease, hallelujah, let's do it. <laughs> well, yeah. And when you have the information to make an yeah. informed decision, you can act quickly, yes, which we you know. already said you're going to need right. to be able to do right. in the coming year because the demand and the, yes. the pace of the market will be there um in comparison to this past year so you're going to want to be able to make the sound decisions quickly um which is why it's really important to have all the pieces of information and have Mm -hmm. a plan in place so this is for you know new home buyers looking to plan towards home ownership again even if it's not in this coming year you can still create a plan that works for, you know, a couple years out of building up the mm-hmm. maybe credit score, building up the down payment, yeah. all of those things. Mm-hmm. Just like just like any goal you would set, right? Yeah. It requires a strategy. So it could be first-time home buyers, it could be current home buyers ready for that move current up. Home owners. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, home owners ready yeah. to make that mm-hmm. move up and you know, list their house and buy their next home. Could be the opposite, downsizing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, um, if anybody owns their home now, you know, their, their biggest questions are like, well, what do we do first? You know, we don't really know, like, do we get our home ready? Mm -hmm. Do we need to sell that first? Do we find where we're going? Well, here's what we want to do, but can we do it? Like, who do we need to talk to? Who, what kind of numbers do we need to know Mm -hmm. to put this, you know, put all these ideas and goals into like a plan of like, okay, first we're going to do this. And we do this and this and, you know, have some sort of an idea and plan of how this is going to go. So I think that's like the lingering big questions is, well, I own a home, but I don't want to stay here forever. (laughs) Now what? What do I do? Yeah. Um, So just like starting that conversation and starting some of those steps. um, Mm -hmm. Like you said, for people to feel empowered to go, oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yep. Um, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that was an option. Exactly. Um, which is like all of a sudden, you know, the light bulb goes off of like, oh, I, I yeah, I didn't know that. And that's a great idea. Yeah. I like the sound of that. That Fantastic. feels like a good fit for yes. our plan. Um, exactly. So we'll have experts there. So we'll have um, a couple different um, people in, you know, mortgage and loans. So we have Brent Wilkerson from the Wilkerson team. We have Kylie Mason from Ultra. Um, We have Mm -hmm. a um, State Farm agent, Megan Baer, 
to talk about she can not only focus on, you know, homeowners insurance, which everyone needs, but some of those investment type things as well. Um, we have Majel Hines from Home, who is an amazing resource in our community that more people should learn about, who really has the goal of helping people get into that first home, regardless mm-hmm. of your past, maybe experiences um, or yes. your current situation. And then Kristen Beasler from Edward Jones. Mm-hmm. Um so important to have a financial planner on your side, um, especially when you're making those kind of next moves of yes. next home versus maybe downsizing. Um, and you want to your whole plan, yeah. move your money around in yeah. the smartest way. Um, I think you said this, but just to touch on it quick, I think this is also great for if you have a family member that you know is going to need to downsize mm-hmm. in any you know foreseeable future here of like, what do I do? Like, yeah. how do I get this rolling or the conversation? Or maybe you need a connection to an attorney for estate planning. Yeah. Or has that been done? And just like some of those questions of like, maybe you just, you have that aging parent mm-hmm. and um, you, you kind of have some thoughts or concerns and you're not sure like how to go about all that. Yeah. Um, I think this is really good for that. Um, yeah. person as well. And even investments, if you're looking to buy an investment property in the coming year, you see an opportunity and you mm-hmm. want to be able to jump on it. Um, this is not a workshop just for first time home buyers. This extends far beyond that. Yeah. Um, so Catherine and I will be sharing some information, kind of those steps, strategies of preparation. Um, and then you'll have time to ask questions and mingle with the other experts there. Mm-hmm. And um, just, yeah, finding the right fit for you um, in the process. And that's, again, what we try to be as a resource to connect you with the right people. If it's something that is not our area of expertise or we're not sure about, we want to be able to bring in um, the people that can help you. Yeah. And I feel like all the experts that are there, like I I feel like um, their personalities are that they want to help people on a well-rounded approach Mm -hmm. and they want to have a conversation and they truly care and want to help. Um, versus, you know, a number or a transaction or, you know, the next thing, um, of like, they truly care and they want to be a resource. Yeah, exactly. So if you are wanting to join again, January 18th, 5 30 to 7 PM, it's a free event, but we do require registration ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Um, because we, you know, want to make sure that, uh, we have enough spots for everyone and you can click the link in the show notes to basically go and register for that event. We'll be sharing more information on it as it approaches, but we're really excited with someone that, you know, like if you've had a coworker or neighbor or someone who has talked about this in your ear before. And you're like, Hey, there's an event going on. I feel like this might be great to answer some of the things you've been um, thinking about that you've told me. Um, Send them the link, send them the link, send them the podcast. Um, We want to continue to be a resource and share useful information with um, our circles and networks. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, It's really just a fun way for us to fill you in and keep you in the loop on Mm -hmm. the real estate market and the fun things that we have going on. Yeah. And we have so much planned for this year. Yeah. A lot. So yes, stay tuned. You'll be seeing a lot more of us hearing a lot more of us. So let us know if you enjoyed this, if you'd like more um, kind of quarterly insights, like we said, and Until next time, keep following what drives your soul.
Are you ready to become a homeowner in 2024, but you're not sure where to begin? Or maybe you're a current homeowner, but you're wanting to move up or downsize. Maybe you just want more insight on where the real estate market is headed in 2024. Join my sister Catherine Howland and I for a totally free event hosted downtown La Crosse at the Four Sisters Wine Bar on Thursday, January 18th. We will have other industry experts there to share insights, information, and really just help you build a solid plan for buying or selling in the new year. If you're interested in joining us, click the link in the show notes to head over to stephanieleeross.com, click the real estate tab at the top, and scroll down to find where to register. If you're looking to buy or sell in 2024, we want to help you accomplish your goals. I hope to see you there. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Soul Driven with Steph. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it out with someone else who needs to hear this message. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you know when new episodes drop. And until next time, be sure to take care of your mind, your body, and your soul.